Darkness is not an affirmative force. It simply reoccupies the space vacated by the light. This is the Hamilton Quarter on American Family Radio. It should be uncomfortable for a believer to live as a hypocrite. Delivering people out of the bondage of mainstream media and the philosophies of this world. God has called you and me to be his ambassadors. Even in this dark moment, let's not miss our moment. And now, the Hamilton Corner. And hello, I'm Todd Starnes in for Abe Hamilton. What an honor to be with you this week uh, here on American Family Radio. ToddStearns.com is my website. All sorts of great news and information for you uh, to see there. Our team doing a terrific job of keeping you updated on what's happening around the world in politics and culture. Again, at ToddStearns.com. Well, we have a lot to get to uh, in this hour of the program. Some breaking news coming out of our nation's capital. We are following the developments out of the state of Georgia and Pennsylvania and also Arizona, where the vote is still in dispute and uh, the president still has not conceded the race, uh, contrary to what you might be hearing in the mainstream media. Uh, We also have a couple of big culture war stories to share with you. Operation uh, Operation, uh, Christmas uh, Child is under attack, and we're going to get to that story uh, as well. And uh, also, we have a story about the ACLU going after a community because they have a public nativity scene on the county courthouse lawn. So I want you to go ahead and write down our telephone number. You will need this if you plan on calling uh, today's program, 888-589-8840. Again, that number is 888-589-8840. And I have a very simple question for you. You get a chance to talk to the president. What do you want to tell the president? Should he continue to fight the good fight, or is it time for him to surrender and wave the white flag? That seems to be the big issue of facing the nation right now, as a growing number of Republicans are calling for the president to throw in the towel and to, to say that he is uh, going to concede the race and that Joe Biden is the president-elect. Uh, The very latest Republican, Mitt Romney Jr., also known as Paul Ryan, who told a group on a conference call with Bank of America that Joe Biden is the president of the United States, and he called on the president to stand down. Now, this is no surprise. By the way, Paul Ryan, a member of the board of directors of Fox News Channel, previously known as Fair and Balanced, but now has gone to the dark side. And we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But I want to say something about where we are in the country right now. Uh, Earlier today on my nationally syndicated program that airs noon to 3 Eastern, we had, wow, probably two or three dozen callers to the program. And one lady in particular was calling from California. Her name is Sandra. And she became uh, really emotionally overwhelmed during the telephone call and began to weep. And she said that she had lost hope and that maybe, just maybe, it was it was meant to be that Joe Biden should become president and that could lead to the downfall of America. And she was really devastated because she doesn't believe that there is hope for the president. Now, I want to say something about that because I'm a, I'm a pretty hopeful guy. 
And I, I shared this earlier this week on the program uh, because my hope is not built on a political party. My hope is built on a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as such, it really doesn't matter who is in the White House, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, doesn't matter, because I know that God is still in control. But there are so many people out there who are simply devastated by what's happening. Now, I have to tell you, we need to take a pause and we need to understand that th this is far from over. Yes, there is a, a short amount of time to, to get this done. The investigations have to be completed. The evidence has to be gathered. The court filings have to proceed. And if they don't, well, Joe Biden becomes president-elect. But if, in fact, the Trump team and the Trump legal team is able to prove there is there, there is voter fraud, which I do believe there has been voter fraud, then this is going to be decided, this will be adjudicated in the court system. So I think people just need to take a step back and, and breathe in here. It's, it's not over just yet. There is still a lot of fight to go. And I have to tell you, based on, on the, the many books that I've written, and I'm working on book number seven now, I've, I've covered a lot of ground in the world of religious liberty. And it is, it is becoming very clear to me that, that under a Biden presidency, that Christians are in fact going to face persecution. Now, I haven't used that word very often, persecution. Uh, that is normally reserved for the brutal treatment of Christians overseas. But I believe, based upon what I've seen happening really under, under the radar over the past four years, it's very clear to me that we are heading into some very dark times as people of faith. You know, I was talking earlier today with a friend of mine who is in the radio business, a very uh, well-known talk radio host for uh, one of the big radio networks, and they have been they have been given orders and again this is a conservative talk radio host so let me preface my comments by saying that this is a conservative radio host very popular big ratings lots of people listening big advertisers and this person was told that they could no longer um, appear at political gatherings with republicans and they could no longer speak out against issues like transgenderism now, I wish I could tell you that I was surprised by what this guy was telling me, but I know very well, based upon my uh, almost 15 years at Fox News, exactly where this guy was coming from. The, the, the landscape is changing. The culture and the climate are changing. And I'm not sure if the average, if the average Christian in America truly understands where this country is going. All of us are going to be faced with the question, do you obey God or do you obey the government? It's a very simple question, but we are all going to be faced with that question. And how we answer that could be life-changing. Now, I say this because when you look at some of the policies that the Biden, the Biden administration wants to put forward, it is clearly meant to take out the Christian voice in the public marketplace. Joe Biden said one of the first things he plans to do is implement the Equality Act, which sounds very lovely, but it has nothing to do with equality. It has everything to do with punishing people of faith, punishing the church, 
punishing Christian schools and universities, anyone who does not bow down to the LGBT's radical agenda. So this is where we are in the country right now. And I thought about something that uh, a lot of folks haven't really talked much about, but there, there were a couple of surveys about Christian voters in the 2020 presidential race. There had been some speculation this could be a record-breaking year for Christians going and voting on Election Day. And no doubt the numbers were high, but they were not record-breaking. As a matter of fact, and there, there is some dispute here, I've heard numbers as high as 75, 76 percent, uh, as low as maybe in the 60 percentile range. And this is a big deal. And I have to tell you that even though many of the people in the religious liberty circles are touting the higher number and saying that it was still a great year for, for evangelicals, here's my question. Why is it that evangelicals did not vote in record-breaking numbers like 80%, 90%, 95%, as was predicted? I had religious liberty experts on my national radio show predicting that the voter turnout among evangelicals was going to be 95%. So what happened to the evangelical vote? And this is a very important question for us to ask, ladies and gentlemen, because of how close many of these races were. Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia. Is it possible that one of the reasons why President Trump came up short in these states, not just setting aside voter fraud for just a moment, but is it possible that one of the reasons why President Trump came up short is because the evangelical vote simply did not materialize in the numbers it should have? And if, in fact, that is true, why do you think that is? Now, I have a theory about this, and it's a concerning theory. You know, I've uh, grown up in the Southern Baptist faith tradition, um, went to vacation Bible school. I was a royal ambassador, uh, went to Awana, uh, went to Ridgecrest as a kid for summer camps. I, you know, discipleship training, church training union, Wednesday night church suppers, you name it. We were there when the church doors were open. But I'm, I'm afraid to tell you that that there are many within the Southern Baptist Convention leadership who have gone woke, who have gone left. They have embraced critical race theory. They have embraced leftist ideology under the guise of social justice. And many of these people were vocally and vehemently anti-Trump. As a matter of fact, not only were they anti-Trump, the president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission once called President Trump, quote, an arrogant huckster. That same individual, Russell Moore, the president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, went on to compare uh, Trump supporters who were evangelicals to the Jimmy Swaggart wing of the evangelical movement. In other words, the point he was trying to make is, that we were like a television evangelist who cheated on his wife in a seedy motel. That's, and he later apologized for those comments. But the, the idea that so many of our 
of our evangelical leaders were completely, I, I don't know what the correct word to use is here. I don't know if they hated Donald Trump, but they hated Donald Trump. And that was very evident in how many of these Southern Baptist leaders behaved, these woke evangelical leaders behaved towards our president. And it was almost as if they were looking down on us, those of us who saw Donald Trump as a man who was simply promising to take care of our needs. You know, I get it. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, never did look at Donald Trump as a pastor or a Sunday school teacher or you know a church deacon. I, I mean, I just accepted him for what he was, and the man came to us and he made us a lot of promises. And I'm by us, I mean the evangelical community. And he promised, among other things, to bring our leaders to the table. People like Pastor Jack Graham. People like. Um, Dr. Richard Land, people like Dr. Robert Jeffers, and Kelly Shackelford from uh, First Liberty Institute, Tony Perkins from the Family Research Council, and you hear his program on AFR, Washington Watch. And you know what happened? Once the president was elected, he did not turn his back on the evangelical community. As a matter of fact, he embraced the evangelical community, and he welcomed our leaders to the White House. He welcomed our leaders into the Oval Office, and he sought their ear for counsel. And all the while, you had some of these highfalutin, intellectual evangelical types sneering at us, sneering at our leaders, people like Robert Jeffers and Pastor Jack Graham and looking down upon them as if there was something lesser because they would dare associate with a sinner saved by grace. So we're going to be taking your calls about this. Why do you think the evangelical vote didn't turn out the way it should? Our telephone number, let me get that number up. It's 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. We'll be taking your calls. ToddStearns.com is the website. I am Todd Starnes. This is American Family Radio. Sound. And I saw this little lima bean looking thing with a halo, which I thought was incredible. A baby wasn't really in the plan for this young mom. After seeing a halo on her baby on ultrasound at a preborn center, she was still leaning towards abortion. And I got to hear the heartbeat and I got chills. In that moment, I just felt God's arms come around me and hug me and tell me that it was going to be okay. Preborn centers are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in the country as they equip centers to save more babies and souls. To find out more, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. 
my choice to become a mom and hear those little footsteps running down the hallway every morning is all because I had an ultrasound. It saved my life and hers. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring, but one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Ryan Fisher here with today's Life and Liberty Minute. As we move on from this election, America is very divided as a nation. God told Israel when their whole future was before them that they were to fear the Lord their God, walk in all his ways, serve him with all their heart and soul, and keep his commandments and statutes. If they did, their land would never lack rain in its season, and they would live long in the land. If they did not, they would perish quickly off the land that the Lord was giving them. No nation is invincible. No nation is guaranteed tomorrow. Every national election gives us the opportunity as a people to secure our future by resetting our hearts and souls on the true and living God. While others in our land may not, you and I can show the way by recentering our lives on God this very day. Let's do it for ourselves and for the country that we love. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. Shining light into the darkness, this is the Hamilton Corner on American Family Radio. All right, welcome back to the program. Sorry, I was text messaging in between in the commercial break. We have been, if you were listening to the national show earlier today, you know that the Stearns family were planning a massive gathering for Thanksgiving, and uh, everybody is supposed to bring something. And I'm trying to figure out um, what I'm I'm supposed to bring. Uh, you know, as the single guy, am I supposed to bring the bag of pork rinds or? Uh, so we're we're working through this, but I think we're the only family in the Deep South that not only do we have a turkey and a ham, but a smoked pork butt as well. So. It's going to be a, a delicious Thanksgiving in the Starnes household. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm Todd Starnes in for Abe Hamilton. What an honor to have you with us today. We've got a lot going on. Uh, we've been talking about um, the uh, presidential election, votes still being counted. Are you hopeful? Do you still think the president should fight the good fight, or is it time to throw in the towel and uh, get behind Joe Biden? That's the question, and let's go to the phones, 888-589-8840. Central Arkansas, Tanya is hanging out with us this afternoon. Tanya, how's it going? Hey, good, Todd Starnes, you precious man, you. Thank you for always telling the truth. Well, you're kind to say that, Tanya, and uh, thank you for that. Mm. You're, you're kind to do it for all of us. So I appreciate that. And I think that the president needs to keep his big boy pants on and fight the good fight and continue on. Absolutely. 
You know, Tanya, I, I just think there's too much too much on the line for this. Um, there's there's no yeah. guarantee the Republicans are going to win that Senate seat or those Senate seats rather in Georgia. As a matter of fact, the latest intel I'm getting, uh, Stacey Abrams says more than 750,000 people have asked for mail-in ballots. You know what that tells me, Tanya? That the Democrats are going to win by 750,000 votes. Wow. It's a mess. It's a mess. So that's why that's why the president has to fight. And Tanya, I got to tell you, I would love to see him off the golf course and down in Georgia holding some of those massive MAGA rallies. I th- I think that would yeah. really do all of us um, good good at least on the emotional side of things. Yes, yes. And are you coming to Little Rock anytime soon? Well, I think, you know, Tanya, we were supposed to be there this weekend, but my understanding is there was some sort of a conflict with scheduling, and so they had to cancel the, the big rally. But we're going to be we're gonna be heading to Little Rock uh, definitely on the next book tour, which is going to happen right after the first of the year. So uh, uh, be checking out our website, and we'll have the, those dates for you. Tanya, thank you for the call. Thanks for those kind words. It's, All right, I let's go. I you t- it's going to continue on. Yes, absolutely. It will continue on. All right, thank you, thank Tanya. You. All right, let's go to Oil City, Pennsylvania. John, John, what's on your mind today? Well, Todd, I'll tell you. I think everything's pretty well obvious as to the truth of the matter. One is where the evangelicals not coming out in the percentile as expected. I would say sheep in wolf's clothing, or wolves in sheep's clothing, excuse me. I don't think he should concede, and I wish people would quit saying that they think. I think they should be saying they know he won, because it's kind of obvious. Massive voter fraud. Everyone I know has experience and examples of their ballots being denied. And I'm in Oil City, Pennsylvania, and we don't get much up here, you know. It's a small area, but I think a lot of small areas like this, there's a lot of fraud going on in these areas as well as the big cities. And when you add up the numbers of the small places and the cheating, that it adds up to a larger number than expected. By the way, to that point, John, by the way, to that point, uh, Republicans are filing emergency petitions in Wisconsin and we understand that Sidney Powell is expected to file a lawsuit in Georgia tomorrow. So we're going to have to pay very close attention to what happens there. Um, that's going to be very interesting when we maybe finally get a glimpse of some of the evidence that uh, Sidney Powell was uh, was talking about. John, thank you for the call, and thank you for listening to American Family Radio. You know, I want to go back to the uh, the evangelicals because we have a responsibility, folks, as evangelical Christians, to get out and vote. One of my favorite pastors, Adrian Rogers, uh, from Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, he's uh, gone on to be with the Lord, but he wrote a terrific book, a pamphlet, about Christian citizenship. And Adrian Rogers says that we have an obligation as Christians to be engaged in the political process. That is a responsibility that we have. And it's a responsibility that we should have more so than any other people in America, because this was a country founded on Judeo-Christian concepts and teachings. 
And we have a responsibility to make sure that our country is firmly rooted, anchored in those Judeo-Christian values. And if we do not, if we disengage, that's a big problem. And I believe one of the biggest issues facing our country, ladies and gentlemen, is that evangelicals, that Christians, have disengaged from the political process. And that's where we are right now. Let's go to Leah in Clinton, Mississippi. I've been through Clinton a time or two. Leah, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? You know, I'm I'm doing well, Leah, but before we get into what we're talking about, I'm I'm really trying to figure out what I'm supposed to bring to the Starnes family Thanksgiving feast. Uh, that's that's a big problem. Oh, um I don't know what what needs to what what are y'all lacking? Well, we may need bail money uh, because, you know, it's against the law here in Shelby County in Memphis to have more than, I think, eight people, nine people at the Thanksgiving Day Feast. And I think we've got 13 or 14. So maybe I could just bring a checkbook or something. <laughs> just bring some cash. Yeah. <laughs> Leah's thinking, wait a second, what show is this? Is this American Family Radio? What's going on here? <laughs> All right, That's Leah, funny. what do you want to talk about? Well, I just wanted to call in to kind of echo what you were saying about the evangelical pastors. I'm a recent graduate of a Christian college here in Mississippi. Um, like you were talking about, I grew up in the church as well, and I've just been really shocked with this election cycle. A lot of my social media friends, who obviously reflect people that I went to church and Christian college with, um, not only are very much against, we're very anti-Trump in this campaign in the last four years, but also campaign supported Biden-Harris. And um, it's just been kind of very shocking for me. But um, I do think the evangelical leaders such as Russell Moore and um, their rhetoric has definitely, definitely caused some of that. But um it's just something for us as a country, I think, to pray for is the generation. Um, I am in my 20s, but people who are younger like me who are being so quickly swept away from conservative values. And um, it's, it's definitely an epidemic or it's definitely just a big issue in our culture, I think. Leah, let me ask you a question. As a, as a young person um, in your 20s, uh, the millennials pretty much a um, uh, they, they're they're pretty much lost as far as going to the left, and I think that's a lost generation for America. Uh, I'm wondering about though the Generation Z. Um, are you seeing that younger Americans are maybe more conservative, maybe more uh, focused on on the church, on the Bible than the millennial generation? Um, I think that. Possibly not what I see, and I think that's what's so heartbreaking. So my husband, another background, my husband went to a public university and has a lot of friends from public school that he's social media, that makes up kind of his social media crowd. None of them are, all of them seem to be very pro-Trump and things. So I really think it's something that's like infecting our church, our evangelical group, is that a lot of them are becoming more liberal kind of like what sense. you said, like the way they're, the leaders are embracing this critical race theory. It's almost like we think that we have to be anti-Trump to be Christian. That's kind of the line of thought I'm seeing in a lot of friends that grew up in the church and it went and went through Christian education. I don't know, but maybe, maybe hopefully the younger generation will be more conservative and hold true to their values. Leah, I'm going to— It just I... seems like where people are growing up from— Leah, this is probably one of the most important conversations and phone calls uh, that we're going to have today. 
You are absolutely right about that. I have I wrote in a book a couple of years ago. I think it was called Godless America. I think that was the book mm-hmm. that the, one of the most important positions in the church was the student pastor, was the youth pastor. And if you get a woke youth pastor, you're going to get a, a woke youth yeah. ministry, and then the whole church gets infected with that nonsense. So mm-hmm. you've got to be very, very careful. And, and I think that um, that churches, the church search committees, you guys need to be very, very careful the kinds of ministers that you're bringing into the church. And Leah, again, just because it is a Christian university, just because it is a Christian private school doesn't necessarily mean it's any different than the public universities. Um, I recommend a couple Correct. of schools. Yeah. I, there are three schools that that support our program, and we support them because you know they're just good folks. A uh, Truett McConnell University uh, in North Georgia, an amazing school. Uh, Liberty University in Lynchburg. Liber- and, Ellie, that, my little sister just graduated from there and loved it. It's, it's a it's a fine place, and uh, West Coast Baptist College uh, in Lancaster, California. Uh, those are three rock solid Christian schools. You go there, you're going to get a great education. When you come home for break, you're still going to know what your personal pronouns are. That's right, <laughs> so to speak. Leah's thinking, "What in the world? This isn't Abe Hamilton. <laughs> What's going on here?" Leah, you are a, you're a good sport. Thank you for calling into the program. <laughs> so, oh my goodness, where's Tim Wildman at? He hasn't rushed into the studio yet, has he, guys? <laughs> All right, let's get back to the, let's get back to the phones here. Uh, let's go to Huntsville, Texas. Mark is hanging out with us today. Hey, Mark, what's going on? Hello, Mark. Oh yes, sir, Mr. Starnes. Thank you for taking my call. It's I an am honor. Originally from the Philippines. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're coming in loud and clear, Mark. Yes, sir. I'm originally from the Philippines, and uh, I'm calling regarding your question whether President Trump should give up, and I believe that he shouldn't, especially because if he has the evidence, as Mr. Giuliani and Ms. Powell have said, then he should uh, pursue it. Because if you don't, your society, your country will descend into the banana republics that people are uh, suffering economically. Um, and also, if this, per- if this is allowed, I don't think that the perpetrators of this cheating will allow any other party from winning or to win in future elections. Now, Mark, you are a wise man, and uh, we're honored to have you uh, in this country. But you're, you're absolutely spot-on accurate here, sir. If we do not take a very hard stand here, and it may be uncomfortable for a lot of conservatives, because by and large, the conservatives, we don't like to make a big stink. We don't like to go marching in the streets and causing all the mayhem. Main, we go to work. We, do, we go to church. We uh, mow our lawns. We pay our taxes. We got a lot of stuff to do. We're busy, Mark. We don't have time to do all of that. But you know what? There is a time and a season for people to take a stand. And this is one of those times, this is one of those seasons. And Mark, you're absolutely right. If we do not, we will descend into a banana republic. But as hard as it may be for some of us, we've got to get out of our comfort zones 
and we have to engage the political process. We are to be happy warriors. We're not supposed to go out there and you know burn things down. I mean, any seriously, I, I never have understood that. I was watching a couple of years ago. They had a bunch of yahoos, and they were out, and they were pillaging and plundering, and they were burning down a Whataburger. Now, who would do something like that? Who would burn down a Whataburger? I mean, where are they? What's going to happen the next day when somebody wants a delicious hamburger? Where are they going to go? I mean, seriously. So, Mark, to your point, and it's a great one. Yes, Christians do need to take a stand. Thanks for the call. All right, let's go to my hometown, Memphis, Tennessee. Peter, thanks for holding on. What's what's going on, Peter? Hey, how you doing, Todd? I'm uh, good, thank you. I want to let you know, I'm, I'm actually a South Haven graduate. But um, the South, oh, whoa, 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 that's the, the South Haven High School Chargers. <laughs> I, I, I knew that would ring a chord with you. Um, it does indeed. I I think the entirety of the country should be audited on their voting. I have no doubt there would be upwards to 30 million votes for Biden against Trump, fraudulent. And I, I, I'm, you know, mentally ready for a physical fight if need be. I am not physically ready in that I just don't have the weaponry for it. But People have just totally forgotten all about Tony Bobolinsky and his openness, transparentness regarding Biden dealings around the world. And, and people and Peter, need to remember that. And we cannot let that criminal into the White House, period. It, it, it just cannot happen. It will be the, uh, the end of America. As, or the United States as we know it. Yeah, Peter, and you're absolutely right about that. Um, we're, I'm going to have to cut it short because we're, we're going to be heading to a break here momentarily. But to your point, if in fact the Republicans lose the U.S. Senate races in Georgia, all of the investigations, they disappear. That's it. No more investigations. And I'm telling you, we're talking about the Biden crime syndicate. And we could talk about that for three or four shows. All right, coming up, uh, Hollywood really upset with all of you gun-toting, Bible-clinging deplorables. We're going to tell you about that. We have a couple of lines open as well. So give us a call, and uh, we'll, be taking, uh, we'll be taking your calls coming up after the break. This is American Family Radio. Hi, this is Dr. Stephen Rummage with Moving Forward Radio, and now you can get our 2021 wall calendar for a gift of any amount. Call 888-724-5715 now to get your copy. Each month features scripture and devotional thoughts with full-color pictures of God's creation that will encourage you during these challenging times. Get your copy of this beautiful wall calendar for a gift of any amount today by calling 888-724-5715 or go to movingforwardcalendar.org. It was a bad move. 
Target invited men who say they feel like women into restrooms and changing areas designated for women. They probably guessed other retailers would follow their lead, but they were wrong. Others saw that bandwagon was headed in the wrong direction. We're not ready to sacrifice the safety of women and children for the sake of progressive bathroom policies. Invite Target to make a better move. Sign the Boycott Target Pledge at afa.net. Can there be unity? This is David Wheaton, host of The Christian Worldview. President-elect Joe Biden said in his acceptance speech, with the campaign over, it's time to put the anger and the harsh rhetoric behind us and come together as a nation. But with the country split over the role of government, abortion, marriage, health care, immigration, and many other issues, unity is a pipe dream. But it shouldn't be that way in the church. Paul commanded the Ephesians to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And then he lists the key doctrines Christians must unite around, including an accurate view of God, Christ, and salvation. Hear an interview with Travis Allen about unity in the nation and the church at thechristianworldview.org, and then tune in this weekend for another topic that will sharpen your worldview. Listen to The Christian Worldview with David Wheaton, Saturday mornings at 8 Central on American Family Radio. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. I need you to do something right now, folks. Text pound 250 with the keyword baby. We are in a crisis point in American history, and there is growing concern that the nation's abortion rate is about to explode. So I need your help right now to save the life of an unborn child. And that's why I'm partnering with Preborn, an organization equipping pregnancy centers with ultrasound machines. 80% of women who have an ultrasound save their child. So get on your phone right now. Text pound 250 with the keyword baby. Text pound 250 with the keyword baby. There's big trouble brewing in the peach state. The fate of the U.S. Senate and, quite frankly, the country hangs in the balance. And Republicans who think they may have a lock on those races need to pay very close attention to what I'm about to say. Stacey Abrams, a far-left Democrat, announced on Twitter the other day that more than 750,000 Georgians have requested mail-in ballots for the January 5th runoff elections. I want you to remember that, folks. This is how the Democrats stole the presidential election, and this is how they are going to steal the Georgia U.S. Senate races. Remember what Joe Biden said during the presidential campaign, that he has the most extensive voter fraud organization in political history. I don't think that was a gaffe or a joke. And if Republicans don't take action, the joke is going to be on them come January. Be sure to download my free podcast, listen to my national radio show live noon to 3 Eastern at (laughs) ToddStarns.com. The Hamilton Quarter Podcast and one-minute commentaries are available at AFR.net. Back to the Hamilton Quarter on American Family Radio. Oh, boy. Well, apparently I um, accidentally triggered Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on uh, the Twitter uh, feed earlier today. Uh, AOC is very upset with all of you uh, Trump supporters. Um just demanding to know, how is it that you can live with yourself? How is it that you can possibly sleep at night? Pray tell, how can you possibly sleep at night? And so I decided I should answer Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. And I said, well, it's it's very simple. I have a MyPillow and I sleep like a baby. It's very nice. Also have a mattress topper. 
Apparently, that didn't sit well with um, with AOC. Ah, what are you going to do? All right, welcome back to the program. I'm Todd Stearns. This is American Family Radio. Abe Hamilton is uh, taking a few days off, and it's an honor to be able to uh, sit in the chair and hang out with you today. Uh, we are broadcasting this program from uh, our studios in Memphis, Tennessee, at radio station KWAM. Our website, by the way, toddstarns.com. And uh, we have all sorts of great stories, information for you there, uh, including our free podcast. So if you if you miss our national show, noon to 3 Eastern, you can download the podcast. Uh, you can also subscribe to our daily newsletter, and we send you a lot of news and information you're not going to get in the mainstream media. Before we get back to the phone lines, and let me give out that number, 888-589-8840. I want to share this story from Hollywood. Apparently, a growing number of Hollywood actors, people who play make-believe for a living, are calling for Trump supporters to be punished. They want you to be uh, sent to re-education camps. They want you to be unemployed. They basically want you driven from society. And the very latest um, are actors Robert De Niro and Zach Braff. They're calling for a national database to keep track of Trump supporters. By the way, so is AOC. So we're not talking about just, you know, yahoos. We're talking about you know, celebrity-level yahoos, but they're calling for all of us to be put into a database, something very similar to what the Nazis did back in the 1930s in Germany. Uh, one of the others, and this one really surprised me. I, I knew this guy was a lefty, but his name is Chris Evans, and he plays Captain America. And what is uh, how ironic that Captain America is now calling for something very un-American to happen on American soil. So there you go. By the way, De Niro says that, um, that you Trump supporters should be afraid of what's going to happen later when Trump is not around. He made that threat over on ABC's The View with the uh, squawking magpies over there. All right, let's get to the phones. Let's go to Donna in Spring, Texas. Donna, welcome to American Family Radio. Hi, Todd. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Good. I have a lot to say, but I'll make it quick. First of all, he should not quit. We needed somebody like Trump in the White House to get some things done. Um, I believe, and I believe many of us do believe, that he is God's man. Um, it's not so much about him as it is about the direction that they want to take this country. And he's just the person, like he's doing now, to stand up to the BS. Now, a lot of Christians, and I have to speak for black, some black folks, I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of black Christians are usually Democrat. And so, you know, Trump, many years ago, he was um, okay with everybody until he threw his hat in the ring and then went on the side that uh, they, they um, the other side that they didn't support. And they're blinded by hate regardless of what God's Word says about abortion or LGBTQ and gender issues. They don't know. Some of them, most of them, don't even know about Biden's criminal past. I mean, 40-something years in government, you haven't done a darn thing. But the thing is this, 
They don't know about his criminal dealings because they watch mainstream media. And you know, just like I do, that mainstream media didn't even talk about uh, Hunter Biden's dealings. Well, that is, you know, Donna, that's an interesting point you bring up. And there there is a survey out there, and a majority of those surveyed said had they known about the the financial scandals surrounding Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, they would not have cast their vote for Joe Biden. And Donna, this goes back to the mainstream media being complicit, honestly colluding with the Democrat Party to to stop those kinds of stories. I remember leading up to the election that our social media pages were throttled every time we mentioned something about Joe Biden. So our engagement numbers are pretty high. About two or three million people are engaged on our social media pages, and those numbers plummeted right before the election. So you've got a good point there. And Donna, I like what you said. Uh, it was not so much about the president as it was about his policies and the direction he wanted to take the country. So well done, Donna. Thank you for the call. I want to go to Farmersville, Texas. Now, this is interesting. Uh, Jennifer, I understand that you could not vote for Trump. Is that right? Hello, Hello? Jennifer. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? You are on the air. Thanks for calling in today. <laughs> Yeah. Hi. Um, well, I was just listening to what you were saying about how, uh, I guess you would say evangelicals didn't turn out to vote the way ex- they were expected to. And you wanted to kind of investigate this situation a little bit further. And I feel like I have a little bit of insight into that. Um, I am a born again Christian and been a Christian, well, since I'd say 35 years and uh, been very politically active my whole life. I've never missed an election, never missed a chance to vote. And uh, I didn't vote for Trump the first time he ran. I didn't vote for him the second time he ran. Um, And I've not been able to understand why my fellow Christians uh, have voted for him. I feel like I'm not talking about a Republican versus Democrat issue here. I've been a lifelong Republican. But as a Christian, I have found his behavior prior to being in the Oval Office reprehensible. I never would have wanted him to represent me. I never would have dreamed in my lifetime he would have been our president. And I can't fathom how people who are truly trying to further the kingdom of God have seen him as any kind of representative. I feel like the church has really drop the ball on this one. And I feel like we're going to see a lot of people turn away from church who would have otherwise looked to Christians for moral guidance, uh, leadership, and they're, they're turning away because they're seeing the way Christians are behaving uh, on social media and in interpersonal relationships. Um, the sarcasm, the hatefulness, the um, just the fact that they continue to support him uh, after seeing some of his immoral behaviors, I, I feel now, very lost as a Christian and sure. very now, disconnected. Jennifer, I don't. Jennifer, yeah. let me let me hop let me jump in here because I have some. This is a, I'm fascinated by this, and, and I have some questions for you. Now, I typically sure. do not ask people who they voted for, uh, but since you called in and, and brought this up, has there ever been sure. a Republican president that you've been able to support? Oh, absolutely! I've never voted for a Democrat. <laughs> 
So I'm, which? I'm, like so said, let's I've say a, I've been a lifelong Republican. Sure. So we want to say George W. Bush. Uh, I voted cons- for George uh, George H. W. Bush was my first opportunity to vote in a presidential election, and okay. I did support him. I, I supported his son as well. Yeah. So and none which- of them have none of them have been perfect. Uh, but anyway, go ahead with your question. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, well, and, and that is my, that, that's the point I'm getting to here. So, uh, so would you say that George Bush is more moral than, than Donald Trump? Uh, the first Bush? George W. Bush, the second Bush. Oh, okay. Uh, more moral in his life before election? Probably not. I, I didn't hear as much about his antics prior to his election as we did about Trump's, of course. And I do acknowledge the bias in the media. That's, uh, I, don't, I don't deny these things. Um, but I don't know. I can't say if George W. Bush was more moral than Donald Trump. I mean, I, I know but he's a can you say person. that? Would you say that Donald Trump is, 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 more of a, is a lesser person than, than George W. Bush? I don't know what you mean by lesser person. I don't think he represents me as a Christian. I don't think right. Trump's behavior. Did, did George prior W. Bush? Did jo- and, well, okay, that's fine. But did George W. Bush represent you as a Christian? Uh, during his time in office, I felt like he did. Okay, yeah, and, I, and I this felt, is the point that I want to take you. To, this is the point that I, I'm having some issue with here, Jennifer, because President Bush, George W. Bush, got this nation into a war where hundreds if not thousands of people died because of a decision that was based on information that simply was not there, the weapons of mass destruction. And here we have a president, Donald Trump, who has not gotten us into any of these conflicts that George Bush did. Now, you can agree or disagree with the war, but the fact of the matter is George W. Bush made some decisions that some people would consider immoral. Sure. They, sure. Yeah, I agree with that. But your question was originally, why have evangelicals or born-again Christians not voted in support of Trump? And that's that's exactly what I was telling you. Because he's, I, a, he's uh, not a nice person. No, that, that's putting it very mildly. I feel like he, I feel like the church is, the church and the way it has hitched its wagon to Trump and tried to How influence is the, wait, 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 wait. That's a, that's a pretty charged, is, that's a pretty charged statement right there, Jennifer. How has the church hitched itself to, to President Trump? Well, I mean, just, you know, in your, in your own discussions today, talking about how evangelicals didn't, didn't vote as expected. To me, when there's an implication that you're supposed to vote a certain way, that is problematic. I don't care if you're talking. Sure, uh, and you know what? That's fair, Jennifer. And let me let me to the church. Yeah, sure, and, and that makes sense. So let me let me explain why I why I said that. When the choice is a man who has a track record of defending the unborn, and a man who supports aborting a child after it's already been born, it seems to me there really is only one choice for for evangelical Christians, and that would be the 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 candidate who supports the unborn and protecting the life of the unborn. Right. And I am, I am pro-life. I feel like if that is your one uh, tunnel vision issue, if you're a single issue voter like that, then it's, there's no question. Yeah. You know what, Jennifer, Uh, for me, that is the, that's the only issue. That's the only issue. If you can't get the issue of life, right. And I'm not saying you, but in general, 
If you can't get the issue of life right, how can you possibly get anything else right? Yeah, I see. What, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I feel like the church, when they imply that uh, good Christians vote for Trump, uh, or no, I don't. You Trump, see, Jennifer, I, I don't you, think that's the case. I don't think that's the case at all. I think by and and I think you're really selling evangelical short here, Jennifer. Because evangelicals well, are pretty smart vote, voters. No, no, they're, well, they're pretty smart voters. I think when they look sure, at the issues I, yeah, here, you know what they were taking—they yeah. were taking a gamble uh, back in 2016 because they didn't know what Trump was going to do. He made a lot of promises right. to the to the Christian community. But guess what, right. Jennifer? Would you agree that he delivered on most of those promises he made? Yeah, and yes, and see, that's the fascinating thing. I actually think he he put a lot of good policies into effect. He made some excellent changes. And that's the hard part. As a Christian, uh, I couldn't support the man because of his behavior. I feel like if I had a lost friend who was looking to me for guidance, who was, uh, and I'm not talking about political guidance, but they knew that I was a, a, a rabid Trump supporter, that would be devastating to my witness based on Trump's public behavior, his own, I'm not talking about accusations, I'm talking about his own behavior for years, for decades. So how can I, when I'm wanting to further the kingdom of God, support someone who has acted so uh, immorally for so long? And, you know, I mean, I, I, I just You know what, Jennifer? I, well, we're coming up on the top of the hour here. And let me, let me jump in and say, first of all, thank you for calling. But I have to say this. Aren't you glad that there's nobody out there judging you for what you did decades ago? Aren't you glad that we serve a God who forgives us of our sins? Donald Trump is a man who professes Christ as his savior. And who am I to judge? Who am I to judge Donald Trump? So look, uh, folks, the conversation continues. I, I, we have a lot of folks we couldn't get to. Give us a call back tomorrow. We're going to be back on the air. But you have to understand this, folks. We are all sinners saved by grace. That's what it's all about. We serve a God of second chances and third chances, and I don't know about you, but I am glad for that. Folks, got to wrap it up here. I'm Todd Stearns, in for Abe Hamilton. It's been a lot of fun. We'll see you tomorrow right here on American Family Radio. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.